Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into your Monday Quick Hitter. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we had some great weekend episodes that I want to share with you guys again, if you have not checked that. Really, just one, because we did reshare a Twitch replay over the weekend, but had John Colosimo on for a Sunday episode that I think is very much worth your time, an hour-long conversation with John about some great topics, shifting quarterback play in the NFL, some early O-line projections that are a little goofy, and then some of the fan-favorite NFL debate discussion that I think is going to be a little weird slash tricky for Browns fans for a while. So go check out that episode if you're craving more content. But for today, we go with the quick hitter around the second... No, this is the third Building the Browns of, of the 2022 season. So this is episode three. Wanted to share some thoughts on that. If you have not watched it, go check it out on YouTube. I think it's a really good show uh, that they continue to do behind-the-scenes access with. Uh, but before we do so, I do want to tell, I know Coach Stefanski listens to this podcast. I'm sure he's just he's just dying for my input on the Cleveland Browns. And if he does listen to this podcast, which we are presuming, again, he does, happy birthday to Kevin Stefanski, which was yesterday, if you're listening to this on Monday. On Sunday, it was Kevin's birthday, so shout out to him. So this episode starts off with Nick Harris, who is putting on a lot of weight, man, in a good manner. I mean, the guy came in under 300 pounds into the NFL. If you have read my offseason content, if you have listened to some of the discussion I have had, I'm a big believer in Nick Harris. I think he's going to do really nice things for the Browns as a center. And for him to be devoting time to putting on mass, which I think he needs and will only help him to go along with the continued flexibility and stability work that he's doing, I think it's going to really, really help Nick. He's not. He's, it's interesting because he's talking about eating two breakfasts, two lunch, two dinner, protein shakes in between, up to 7,000 calories which is uh, which is pretty wild, but that's that's you know it's what you have to do if you're trying to put on weight and you're not a natural body mass guy, as we know Nick is not naturally a guy that carries a ton of weight. Uh, but I think it will help him, obviously, as he continues to get this opportunity at center. And from the discussions around him in that show, it looked like going into the offseason, the idea that he would be taking over at center, despite some moves, Ethan Pochich, and then obviously drafting. Uh, the seventh round center they did in Dawson Deaton, there, there's there's clearly a, a plan in place that involves Nick Harris being the next center. That's the odds on favorite. I think he's ready for it. We'll ultimately see. I thought that it was a really good glimpse also behind the scenes with the coaching staff flag football, coaching staff slash building flag football game, man. That, that joking banter and the way guys uh, yuck it up is always really funny, man. You got to make that stuff fun, especially off-season grind stuff. You got to make it fun. So there's some really, really funny, really funny stuff there. Then they went to, which to me was the most interesting thing was the group that covers or that that performs the draft for the Browns. The all of the people involved heavily were sitting in a room and talking about how a week out they go through simulators. Like the first thing they talked about was Kansas City potentially jumping up in front of them in a mock draft scenario. Another one was an offer to slide back three picks, I think with Dallas. I'm not entirely sure there, but it's it's what, you know, that obviously we do all these simulators and we're constantly involved with it. I did a Twitch show on it for four months. Like we're constantly doing these mock simulators. And what was interesting to me, at least, was that they don't use their, you know, they talk about how they, they, they work better, not harder or whatever, but they don't use like one of the simulators we use. They obviously have their in-house proprietary system, which God, I would love to know what that system looks like and how they use it and grade players. And that would just be a goldmine. But that's interesting to me is when they're doing those simulators, 
they're using in-house tech, and, and I didn't know, because some teams have talked about using pro football, focus this stuff, and all of that, so the in-house software was uh, was interesting. And then Paul DePodesta obviously gave a couple of great quotes. I mean, he talked about how they weren't worried about having to pick 44. You can stomach it, because he outwardly said they have their franchise quarterback now. Again, it's not something Paul has ever said, so he he's saying it. That's clearly a driving factor into getting the guy that they got into Sean Watson. And then you know, mentioning to Les Snead about being able to stomach these sorts of scenarios when you have some hardware and hoping the Browns could get some hardware to stomach the next two drafts they have without a first-round pick. But uh, another thing is they started going through these prospects one by one when they picked. They went to Martin Emerson and Alex Wright, and you know, I, I didn't know that they had Alex Wright in for a top 30 visit, so that was cool, inviting him back to Cleveland. David Bell talking about working out the day of the draft and all these things, which I love that, uh, you know, especially a guy, it's a great way to break up your anxiety on the second day of, uh, of the draft when you think you're about to go. And I also just didn't notice it during draft stuff, but his giant bell chain, diamond chain, it's awesome. David Bell with the uh, giant bell chain. We'll see if he takes to that. I also thought it was cool to get a glimpse at some numbers, and maybe you guys knew these I didn't yet. Alex Wright's number 94. And then David Bell's going to rock number 18, which I have a personal connection to 18. So I love that for David Bell. And I also loved what Kevin Stefanski said about, and this could just be dressing it up. It could be window service, whatever, but also really cool that Stefanski says that Bell was one of the first guys he watched and how badly he wanted him because he fit everything about, you know, catching the football, the ability to create separation, uh, the the attitude stuff, like all of that aligned. And I thought that was cool. Stefanski clearly very into David Bell. I mean, you know, them, those guys mentioning Alex Wright and, and the way they did and talking about how this is a guy they really wanted to come out of the third round with, they they hit some picks they wanted clearly here. I also thought the Perry on Winfrey selection commentary around it. And when you got to see J.W. Johnson, you got to see um, you got to see Stefanski and Barry's face while, while Perry on was going crazy. It's funny. It's just funny the look on their face. And this guy is... How he ultimately performs in Cleveland with that energy, whether he can harness it to do good on the field, being disciplined, you know, putting that that high motor we're talking about. He's an energy giver. He's a guy you're going to like to have around. I think the Browns need that. They need more high high energy, competitive, outwardly competitive guys. They they definitely need that. So I'm fascinated to see where Winfrey's career goes. I really, really am. Because there's some flashes of great play and some flashes of bad play. And that's why he's available in the fourth round, obviously. But like the way his personality works and how it's going to affect other people in the in the front office or the, in the coaching staff, whatever, it's one of the more interesting subplots to me. You know, you loved hearing Andrew Barry talk about Cade York. Hey, man, we're going we're gonna to score a ton of points this year, so you're going to score a ton of points. Obviously pretty cool. And I also love the discussion they had about where they thought the kicker would go, which is a, a, it's the, the same discussion we had all year about if a kicker goes, it's about 120 to 160, and that's exactly what they were talking about and did not want to risk not taking him at 124 after they acquired that pick and just kind of leaning on it into the 150s for 30 more picks. So I really liked that discussion because I think that was something we've all talked about. And then obviously Scott Peters' connection to Dawson Deaton in the, in the Shrine Bowl because the Browns were heavily involved in the Shrine Bowl and Jeff Howard and all of that. So that was really unique too. Well, it's just a great episode. I thought really cool to see uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the faces that they've been working on this stuff with the draft and 
how they bring them all in, and especially the first three guys getting in the building. I thought that was really unique too. So one more thing to talk about before we close today's episode, just a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, the only thing else to touch on here, guys, is the report over the weekend from Mary Kay Cabot, who's been doing a great job with this stuff. And um, the interesting things that have come out from her uh, is is that confirming some things that they're resigning they're trying to re-sign Jadevian Clowney she she finally said what a lot of us have been saying I think it's pretty obvious that teams won't trade for Baker Mayfield because of the Watson contract she lays it out pretty nicely that the Browns again just can't move him because of the contract number the presumption that he might be released Uh, there's no favor stuff like this favor stuff is hilarious so you know, if a team really wanted him, they'd come get him, but they're not. They're trying to play the patient game, and they'd rather risk him hitting the open market than take him at the price point that he is at. Jarvis Landry's likely to move on. I think we all have uh, have thought that they were going to potentially bring in another receiver, Landry being one of them, uh, coming back potentially. I, I've never thought that it was going to mesh really well. I actually do wish that they went with a little more slot, uh, experienced player in the draft at some point. They did not do so. The, the 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 idea that they would either bring in an outside guy like a like a Will Fuller or Emmanuel Sanders or an inside guy like a Keelan Cole or, or Landry is sort of seems off the table. It does seem like the Browns might just be happy, like she says here, no veteran receivers are on the radar for the Browns because of the, the Bell the David Bell pick and they picked Michael Woods and then they brought in obviously three free agents, so uh, undrafted free agents. We'll see. Who knows what they do? They could take a look at these guys in rookie minicamp and decide, yeah, we need to we need to get somebody else in here with some experience. We'll see what shakes out. Long time, but we need to start having discussions about what the projections would have been last year with a better quarterback and what uh, you know, what what it what it could look like this year with this group if if you're projecting forward. Donovan Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz, so on and so forth. So we'll have to see. Uh she does mention also the Jerome Ford situation. And what that means for the rest of the the running back room, including Kareem Hunt, I think it doesn't change much. I think Dearness Johnson's the guy on the block as this situation evolves. 
And um, you have Jerome ready to step in after Kareem Hunt's contract expires. She also mentioned, too, a big a big note here is that John Mechie III would have been the pick if the Browns stuck at 44 instead of moving down for the Texans, who ultimately did take him. I don't... I mean, other there's a little bit of tweak here. To, to I mean, there's athleticism differences from a testing perspective, but there's a receiver on the field. David Bell and John Mechie are pretty similar. So I'm not altogether too worried about it. The Browns made moves. They could have gotten Mechie. They could have gotten Sky Moore. We'll have to have this discussion in a couple of years if it comes back to haunt them. But I don't mind the route they went at this moment. But again, we'll have to see what it shakes out to, what these careers look like going from here. And then the Browns' assistant GM, which is Catherine Roche, who's, who's, you know, this is awesome stuff. Obviously bringing her over from, um, you know, Philadelphia, where she will take over for uh, Kwesi's job, Adolfo Mensa's assistant GM role. And it's starting to work toward her being a, a real history maker in this league. We'll see if she can get a GM job. I really am pulling for her. But Andrew Barry told ESPN Cleveland, what impressed me about her in Philly is just how broad she is. She's incredibly intelligent, very smart, speaks three languages, has uh, been involved in every area of football operations in other leagues, and certainly during her time in Philly. That's difficult to do at a very young age, but she's a very talented individual. She will, um, uh, you know, Rache and, and Brown's current vice president of player operations, Glenn Cook, both might end up with the same title, but Rache will be number two in this regard, but that's the progression. She'll keep working, get better and better. And she might have an opportunity in the next two to three years. We'll see what shakes out. That's all the Browns news I have on this Monday. Go check out the building the Browns episode. Go read Mary Kay Cabot's article because there's a lot of nuggets in there about potential moves in the coming days, weeks, months. Uh, We'll keep you apprised. All those things here at the OBR should have a pretty good week of content coming out for you as well. Plenty of film room stuff on these draft picks. So, Check that stuff out uh, at your leisure. We appreciate your support at the OBR, especially this podcast, guys, so, so much. Have a great Monday. Go back and check out that episode with John Colosimo from yesterday. It's a great one. Don't miss it. Thanks, guys. Again, thanks for checking out the episode, and go Browns. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.